0: The Washington football team the classified best podcast that's out there. Uh. You know we got some good people like Eric
1: and Ellie they on there uh. We know Washington football team the best team out there and we don't care. Uh. They just talk about how we ain't making to the players, but boy did y'all go there. Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Ruper Foster I'll be sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim the Fuller, how many picks he got, yeah the boy be still in the six
0: What's up, y'all, and welcome to Washington Football Team
1: Declassified. I am not Ellie. My name is Mike Pyatt. I'm here with my guy. Fast Eddie P., slightly darker skin than everybody else who usually does Declassified. <laughs> man, and we
0: are guest hosts for the week, man. We here.
1: We're filling in for Eric and Ellie as they're off playing Pokemon Go. So I want to thank you guys for having <laughs> us.
0: All right, y'all, before we get started, I got to shout out Tato Ski for that intro, man, that joint fire. I listen to it every single time, every single episode, no cap, I'm dead serious, that joint fire. Um, check him out on YouTube. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the show, y'all, if you're listening. Subscribe, hit the button, it's right there. Please, help, it. A, help my guy out. That's Throw all what I'm saying. And also, check out Wizards the Classified. And of course, you can find me, Eddie, on Eddie and Mike the Podcast. And let's get to it, guys. Let's, let's, Eddie, we want to get this out the way off the top. I'm so freaking tired of COVID already. It's putting a damper on training camp. My goodness,
1: what would happen if it happened during the season? I mean, that's, it's the silent killer, really. Like, what are we supposed to do? What can you do? You know, and the worst part is the timing of it where Rivera talks about being frustrated with the, the like, the team's overall percentage of players vaccinated. You know, we don't know who is and isn't because we're not allowed to know. But, it, like, the timing is just, it's really awkward. And I'm not claiming conspiracy or anything like that, but it's almost like he jinxed it by saying that. And then all these players just one by one.
0: Right, and speaking of the players, this is a list. (laughs) This is a list, starting off with Deron Payne, my guy. Now, unfortunately, it looks like he'll be able to come back, if not five days from yesterday, 10 days from yesterday. He doesn't have COVID. He tweeted that out. I don't have COVID. He was just close to someone that does. So if he's a low risk, he'll be back in five days. If it's a high risk, up to 10 days. So he's he'll be okay. Um, the other names are Brandon Sheriff, of course, Cornelius Lucas, David Sharp, Curtis Samuel, Matt Ionidas, and cornerback Chris Miller, not the Chris Miller from NBC Washington um, cornerback for Washington football team. But that's a lot. That's at least four or five starters.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to have some sort of silver lining uh, outlook with this uh, on a couple of different type of uh, um, topics, I guess you could say, a couple of different ways. So maybe those guys get a little bit more rest, and maybe one of these days that they miss was the day that they would have gotten injured, and it would have been a significant injury. So there's that, right? Because that's what all of us have been doing is holding our collective breaths, like we really think this team has a possibility of being really good and competitive, but we're all so worried, breaking news. So-and-so is hurt out for the season, something like that. Right. So there's one, maybe, maybe they're all going to avoid injury. Mm-hmm. Not going to move, Right. The next one, maybe all of these guys, maybe some of the guys behind them are going to get more reps, okay. get more looks, and be that much more prepared and familiar with the scheme and with the guys they play alongside minus these guys. That's, that's the only downside. Um, but yeah, So there's those things going. That's my hope. Uh, We don't know, again, who of these guys has gotten one or both vaccination shots. The only thing I think we do know, other than what you mentioned about Deron Payne, is Matt Ioannidis had it last year. So you would have to suspect that he probably – it's some sort of contact tracing as well. So we're all crossing our fingers, doing all of our – Matt. – and our prayers that these guys are – going to be okay and be ready for the season
0: i'm gonna tell you if it's going to happen i'd rather it happen right now during training camp
1: absolutely um, of
0: course we would rather it not happening at all but if it happens during a training camp it gives them time to not only recover but hopefully show the rest of the people that aren't getting the vaccine like yo this is real and, and, and less than a week before training, I mean, less than a week of training, count seven people got on this list already. Yeah. So I'm um, like, seven people in what five days?
1: Yeah, you gotta that, wake up.
0: That should be alarming. Like you don't want to be the cause, not even like team wise or NFL wise. Do you want that burden to be the person that started the outbreak on your team that can cause people checks? And like I said. Do what you got to do personally as far as the vaccine go. But using it – like, people keep saying, um, oh, why don't they do it for Coach Rivera? And I get it. He's immune deficient. But I'm just saying, even thinking, like, selfishly, how can you not get the vaccine? That's all I'm saying.
1: How about that? Do it for your bank account, bro. Like, (laughs) you trying to miss them game checks? I'm just – that, that we're all talking about got to secure the bag like I get it, but all of us have jobs and there are probably parts of our jobs that we don't necessarily like and I mm-hmm. understand that this is a little bit different because we're talking about a, a virus and a vaccination that we are still learning about like I totally get all of those things and I'm not trying to force anybody's hand or tell them what to do. I want people to educate themselves. I want for us to learn and, and, and go forward. But I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, you guys want to be able to play the game you like? You want to be able to make that money? Like, I don't, I, I honestly, personally, I don't feel that this is really asking that much. I really don't.
0: And making it super personal, I have both shots. And I'm like, I'm gravy. I'm good. Now, of course, we don't know what happened happen long term, but, People act like this vaccine just came out last year, like it's a um, a copy of Madden or something. Like, nah, this was being developed for decades, man. Like, this wasn't no super rush job to create it. It was just a rush to approve it. Now, like I said, every show I'm on, like, talk to your physician before you shoot yourself with anything straight up. But I'm just saying, like Eddie said, my pockets.
1: <laughs> Yeah, Mike, just for the record, since we're, you know, being transparent, I've been waiting for superpowers to kick in because I've got no vaccinations since February. And other than staying funny looking like I was before vaccinations, oh, yeah, nothing's changed. Like, that's, it's all the same since February, bro. Since February. And we're, we're, where are we at? we're in August. I'm saying that's a long time and I'm gravy, but that's gravy. me. That's me. I can only speak for me.
0: But, man, besides besides COVID, what's the most troubling thing that you heard about training camp so
1: far? I mentioned this before Mm -hmm. on the Declassified episode that you and I got to be a part of with the rest of the group. Shout out to the rest of the group. hope you guys are all doing well. Um, It's this whole thing where, you know, Fitz is an Ivy League guy and everything, but it kind of seems like and obviously so, because Heineke is much more familiar with the offense, that there's a little bit of a push to keep giving Fitz these extra chances. And then, like I was saying, too, again, referencing that episode, where we're entering like a Tebow thing where the minute Fitz makes a mistake, everybody's going to be calling for Heineke. So that that that's the one that's troubling me, because obviously you make that move for Fitz someone of his age and who's going to, you know, he, he's not going to command a lot of money, but he's going to command enough money. You're not paying him or, or going out to get him to be a backup. So I would say that's the most troubling to me is unfortunately here we are again, last like 10 years, the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, for me, um. I thought I would hear more about St. Juice. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing or a bad thing that we're not hearing about him, but I thought he would like shine based on what Mams were saying about him in the mini camp. Um, I'm hoping maybe it's so normal for him to look good that nobody's talking about it. Um, but other than that, everything I kind of expected to happen. Uh, outside of COVID, of course. Um, The offensive line, and that's kind of what I'm excited about um, as far as training camp goes. Because Cosme has a chance to start, Chase Young said that the best way to teach him is basically to kick his tail. And I'm like, I'm thrilled that that's your introduction to the NFL, getting worked (laughs) <laughs> by uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, like you're getting three weeks of that boy right out the gate. I yeah. love it for him.
1: Yeah, there's there's an old saying: when you lose, don't lose the lesson. And I think, oftentimes, especially in sports, there's not really a better teacher than failure. Right? It, it's gonna <laughs> happen. You're not gonna win all the time. Mm-hmm. But what you need to do is, you know, go back, reevaluate and try to make those improvements, and that's all anybody can ask. And I'll just say this to your um, St. Juice comment. Sometimes with DBs, you hear about these DBs being so good, but they don't have a lot of interceptions or they're not really making plays because they're doing such a good job in coverage, the ball isn't coming their way at all. So I'm not there. I, I can't say that that's what's happening. No way to look at it. I can like offer, offer some advice in that aspect. Um, for me. The thing that I'm getting excited about is just kind of one hearing all these good things about holcomb i I love that Man. I felt like I'm not saying he wasn't good, but I felt like linebacker was was the weak link position last year for our defense as mm-hmm. a whole that's that just my personal opinion and when you you know you look at a guy like Holcomb that we drafted, and I always love when this happens when we draft guys and no nobody expects you know. Like, not everybody's going to be a Chase Young. You're not going to have every draft pick come in, play right away, contribute right away, and be a stud. All right. So, you have guys and you see them making improvements yearly. That's what gets me excited because it tells me they're buying in and that the coaches are doing their job. I mean, I you were there. Remember we interviewed Robert Henson? Shout-out mm-hmm. to Robert Henson. Thanks for that interview. <laughs> remember, remember what he said? Zorn was like, hey, let's look at this blitz package. And a player not named because Henson was staying true to the code said, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall for anybody to even think about saying that to Rivera. Cause I feel like he's like that good that he would like, what, what are you thinking? What you thinking about disrespect? Like you're gone. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm excited about is just the, the things that need to be done getting done. That That's where I'm at. Not, not a big, uh, you know, not a very spicy meatball there, just kind of land. I
0: mean, but outside of COVID, it's pretty much drama-free. It's like football-related, and I know people who say, well, COVID is such a big thing. Man, they can't control that. Even if they did get the vaccine, you can still catch it, so it's like, it's not like you could completely ignore COVID, but I try to, and I like what I'm saying right now, and no disrespect, but that even goes with Tanya Snyder. Yeah. I, I heard and saw the tweets and stuff that she was tossing out T-shirts uh, on the mic, hyping everybody up, basically saying she was in the shadows for 22 years and she's trying to come out, blah, blah, blah. I know it's a PR move. It's a straight up PR move. You can't tell me it's not anything but a PR move. And I like it. Like, what else mood did they have? You play with the cards that you dealt, man. Uh, if I was in this situation, people, they could say that it's pimping out his wife or whatever. That lady is nobody's, you know what I wanted to say. Like, he's, like, they are not just pimping out some nobody. Like, I've seen her before all of this stuff happened. She wasn't as in the shadows as she thinks she was. I heard, I mean, I remember around that time, she was the basically the driving force behind the dry pink campaign. When everybody started wearing pink cleats and gloves and stuff. She's a cancer survivor. Like that's the thing that I knew about her before she became the co-owner of the team officially. Like I knew her in that aspect. So I think it's kind of good for everyone that she's starting to step out to the spotlight um, I even heard on the radio that um, people were like she was in the um, in the conference or something with Snyder and Jason Wright, and she basically was like the mediator between either topic that they were on or something like that. Like I appreciate that freshness that's been breathed into the ownership of the team right now, and sure it's cheesy and cliche and all this other nonsense, but. Like I said,
1: what else mood do they have? Yeah, I, I think the, um, the most appropriate way you can put what you were trying to say is that Tanya Snyder is nobody's garden tool. So having said that. Well, you know what I mean. Like I, I, said, I got you. I'm, I'm, got you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm keeping it PC here for the kids because we love the kids. So, so we now have an owner and a coach who are cancer survivors. Pretty cool. You beat me to the punch on the, uh, the, the pink, that whole movement with the NFL, which I'm sure they make a ton of money, and I'm sure they donate some too. But, you know, she was doing that in silence. That's how real G's move, like lasagna. You know what I'm saying? And your man Snyder's out here suing old women over posters, pointing fingers about changing the name, period, and just making so many mess-ups. I don't – like, how can she not be a breath of fresh air? And as far as the Jason Wright thing and Daniel Snyder thing, sometimes you need a woman's touch. Sometimes that, uh, you know, sometimes that's all that's needed. I and grew a He's new, then, you know, maybe that's what you need because these guys have been probably staring at the same wall for a while. And that's just mm-hmm. a, you know, an expression. <laughs> I hope they're not just staring at a wall. Um, but, you know, you I look at like something it. too long, it starts to kind of become blurry. You need a, a mm-hmm. fresh set of eyes to come in. So, yeah, like I, I, as far as yay or nay on Tanya Snyder, I'll have to say yay for the simple fact that it's innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around, so I don't want to, like, start her off behind the eight ball. <laughs> and for sure, she can do better than what her husband did. I mean, like, the bar is so low with everything he's done.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I
1: know, and, and I've always said this about him. I, I get, you know, anything bad you want to say about him, I totally get it. But the man is a fan of the team. And even in those years when we made mistakes with players, what I did see is somebody who was willing to pay whatever to get the right guys in here. He just wasn't making the right decisions and didn't have people to help him make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. Adults are running the show now. And you can include Tanya in that, as far as I'm concerned right now. right.
0: I I just can't believe – how long it's been since the team had this aura about them like this this glow um i wouldn't say that it's completely out of the darkness yet
1: <laughs> no, no 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 it's i it's would say
0: moment. i, I would say the right there there's some things that there's some items on the checklist that still need to be checked off for this franchise before we can say they're officially back, and I'm not even talking about Super Bowls. I'm talking about the basics of a successful franchise, or even the consistent franchise, I'll take that. But speaking of consistency, linebackers. You mentioned Cole Holcomb earlier. I heard murmurs that the reason we're not saying a lot of John Bostick is because they know what he can do. Do you agree with that? How do you feel about that?
1: I think that's fair. Um, I think Bostick is certainly serviceable, Mm -hmm. but maybe a little bit more of a run stopper and a blitzer instead of a coverage guy. So perhaps, and I'm not there, I'm trying to keep up as best I can, but perhaps they're trying to come up with a rotation of like when we want Bostick on the field and who he's paired with, whether it's him and, and Davis, uh, him and Holcomb, what have you. Uh, that's that's just kind of what I'm thinking because I I did feel like, he was sort of a yay and nay guy all at the same time. There were times when it was like, oh, man, Bostic's solid, right? And I felt like, you know, sometimes when you're not having a good game and then you keep plugging away, there's a lot to be said there because it's easy to throw in the towel when you're not doing well. And so a lot of credit to Bost- Bostic, excuse me, not Boston. Bostick <laughs> in that sense. But maybe, like you said, they do know what he's capable of and they're just trying to find the perfect recipe – for him and the team to be successful, that that would be what I would have to say, uh, based on that rumor or that, that assumption or assertion.
0: Think about the come up the linebackers could potentially see over the last few years. I mean, let's let's look at Kalike Hudson for example. Back back a couple of years ago, somebody with his talent would probably be the starter on our linebacker core. Yeah. That's Boy, how bad it was. And if you don't believe me, but well, that's Lil Cravens. He's exactly what Hudson is. Maybe a little bit more, less saner than Hudson, but talent for talent, kind of a similar player. You remember Hudson coming from Michigan? He played that Viper role that um, Jabil Peppers made famous before he got drafted. So I'm like, I'm really digging the linebackers, bro. I can't. Like the whole – the defense is a whole, I'm, I'm, I'm sice for, I'm lit for. But I can't – these linebackers, like you said, Holcomb. I, so, J.P. Finley, he tweeted something over the weekend about a play where Holcomb, like, flew through the line of scrimmage and got a little bit too physical with Heineke. And Rivera, like, just, like, I guess pulled him to the side, started giving him the business. And I'm like, I need that in my life. Like, thankfully, Heineke, out of all people, um, didn't get hurt. I <laughs> mean, because, you know, that man ain't finished the game. It's like, you blow on him and he, I'm just saying, pause. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sliced, with the, I'm sliced with the linebackers, man. I just can't wait.
1: Yeah, it's a good problem to have, right? Because you'd rather have to tell your guys, like, hey, calm down a little bit, than have to tell them, like, hey, let's step it up. Like, you know what I mean? right? Like that would definitely mm-hmm. be a, a a cause for concern if guys aren't out there flying around trying to make plays, trying to win or maintain their spot. Because we've talked about this before, there's competition across the board. And with the way our defensive line is set up, the depth and the talent that we have, man, our linebackers are our like these guys are in a prime situation to be extremely successful because i really think while they weren't world beaters by a stretch at all i think our secondary is actually pretty solid just need time to grow and and continue to to you know to grow <laughs> um but the linebackers are are in that position where man like if if y'all can do your thing a little bit there there's going to be plenty of plays to be made because you know you know right right away Chase Young is going to get double team you know Payne and Allen are going to be a nuisance in the middle and that leaves sweat on the edge so if you're a backer covering a tight end or a running back there's a chance the ball's going to come out real quick and it might be one of those plays like we talked about earlier before we started recording um where you get a pick six because of the pressure the D line is is causing. Right. I we were talking about
0: that earlier because um, fantasy football yep. um, with the defensive players he um, he's in a league that does individual players and I, I'm not feeling it as much as most, but um, it does it does add an interesting dynamic to fantasy football, but. We'll talk about that another time. And That's we're going to just <laughs> – we're going to wrap this up, man. I'm just going to shoot two more at you real quick. What NFL team are you sleeping on for a little outside the WFT?
1: So, when we were coming up with, with topics for the show, um, and that was one of them, that right away, that one, and then I think the next one you're about to ask me, those are the two I was kind of focused on the most mm-hmm. because I feel like those are – you know, I'm not trying to hype up the last question too much. But like, these two questions, given our schedule and everything, it kind of tough questions. So this one, I don't know that I would call him a sleeper, but I don't think a lot of people are really talking about the Cardinals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were pretty solid last year. You got to figure Kyler Murray's going to take another step. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, real nice. You add in a J.J. Watt. Uh, I think they made some other pickups as well. I'm kind of drawing a blank at the moment. But as a whole, you know, I mean, that division is going to be really tough with the mm-hmm. Niners, Seahawks, the Rams just re-upped, picking Stafford. Um, they did lose their uh, their young running back. But as a whole, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I gotta I got to maybe go with the Cardinals, bro. So, oh, A.J. Green, bro. AK Green and D-Hop, if Green can even be half of what he was in Cincinnati, you add J.J. Watt to what I think is kind of an underrated defense. You know he's got something to prove because people are saying, oh, you just going there to try to get a chip. Well, of course he's trying to get a chip. Everybody's trying to get a chip. Right. I think he's going to be part of why they would get a chip. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they're going to, it's going to be also because of his play. So that that's – that's my sleeper team. I know that's not necessarily a like going out on the limb pick, but that's what I got.
0: I don't think enough people are talking about the Dolphins. Hmm. The hot team in the East, the AFC East right now is the Bills. I get it. Josh Allen just finished second to the MVP. Madden, oh, Madden, Curry, don't know. Like, Madden, bruh. Is that improve at all? (laughs) Like, it's a shame that they still had him at the rate and they had him. And that's why I don't even think with that game like that, um, as much as I used to. But anyway, they're talking about him. The league, we're talking about him. We're talking about him. We're talking about about the Bills. Um, They made it to the AFC Championship game. But I'm telling y'all, man, Miami is brewing something good down there in South Florida. (laughs) I trust Brian Flores. Um, I know Tua had a little rough start last week. He marsha Brady someone, um, threw a football, hit him in the face. They had to, you know, gush him a little bit. But, but 10 minutes later, he had a 60-yard strike the waddle. So I'm just saying, like, don't, don't sleep on Miami, y'all. They're, they're, really, they're really tough. And speaking of tough, the question that Eddie was mentioning earlier, we're wrapping up the show right now. Um I asked we were we we're going to talk about the quarterback um that fears us the most this upcoming season. And
1: it's a who's who. So yeah, we're talking about, I mean, those of you who don't know, we have a really tough schedule, and those who don't know, you guys all know. So we have a really tough schedule with a plethora of elite quarterbacks that we will be facing which made this really tough for me so real quick just to give y'all like I'm gonna rifle them off as quick as I can this is our schedule not preseason just week one to you know finish the season we face the Chargers then the Giants the Bills the Falcons the Saints the Chiefs the Packers the Broncos the Buccaneers the Panthers the Seahawks the Raiders the Cowboys the Eagles the Cowboys again the Eagles again and then the finish up with the Giants I know y'all heard some of those teams, so I'm going to list the toughest quarterbacks we're facing, and then I'll tell you who it is that I think is the toughest. So, right away, Chargers, I'm losing my mind because I think I can't think of that Joker's name right now, and he was on my fantasy team last year. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Thank you, Mike. God bless you. So, Herbert, Allen, who we just mentioned, Matt Ryan is not a world beater, but he's not Terrible by any stretch. We got him in the top ten still. So there's that. Chiefs, I don't need to say anything about Mahomes. Rodgers. Rodgers is back. He's got Cobb. All he needs to do is try, and he'll be tough. Tampa Tom. Russell Wilson, who I feel like people are only talking about because of that whole thing about his O-line and wanting to be traded. You can't ever sleep on him. It's like trying to hold water in your hand. Dak isn't terrible, but he's coming off of an injury, and I don't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that because I'm. I know I'm a football team fan. I don't want to sound biased. I think Dak is a solid quarterback. So I well, think one that I'm doing free agency so bad. Yeah. So I'm gonna just stop waffling. It's Mahomes, and it's Mahomes by like light years because he's got the weapons. Almost everybody on that team has been on that team the last few years. They didn't go out and really pick anybody up. Kelsey – or Kels, excuse me. He, those of you <laughs> who don't know, we've all been saying his name wrong, allegedly. Kels, oh my God, Harry my Kill. Self. They still got McCall Hardman. You got to figure Edwards Hilaire is going to be more familiar with the offense and hopefully stay healthy. They did go – actually, they did pick up some, some uh, free agents, but it was along the O-line. So, when you got a guy like Mahomes who – has similar measurables to Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's right. 6'3", 230, about the same as Derrick Henry. You got a guy like that with an arm like that who can kind of do a little bit of the wiggle stuff that Russell Wilson does. That's the toughest quarterback we're going to face. No disrespect to the other guys. They are tough, and they're going to be tough to beat too. It's, it's Mahomes, especially because the Joker's coming off losing the Super Bowl. And everybody talking about Tom Brady holding him as a little kid and the memes and all that. And whatever Tom Brady with his son, you best believe that dude's gonna come out on fire. Um, How about you, Mike? You mentor Mahomes. Um, I would saying I know um, who you're gonna say. Go huh? ahead. I know who you're gonna say. Who I'm gonna say? I I want you to say it, and I'll tell you if I if that if I was right or not. You know I'm honest. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Um uh, I'm gonna say Brady, but only because he's Brady. <laughs> like we the last time I think Washington beat Brady was back in I think oh three, I wanna say. I think it was two thousand three. That was the last time Washington beat Brady. I think so. the, the only, only time I think they beat him. The only the only time they beat them the last time they beat them and the crazy part about that is after we beat them like I think the the Patriots won like 24 straight games or something ridiculous like that um it was it was wild but yeah that that thrashing that they gave us in 07 that's still on my mind um of course the the playoff game it kind of sucked that we was the first team the first NFC team to lose to Brady in the playoffs. So, um, like Chase, I want time. But I am scared with <laughs> what can happen.
1: Yeah. So, a couple of things from what you just said. you want to guess who the coach was when we beat the Patriots that year? Because it was by – and peep this. You will love this. We won that game with the Patriots missing a field goal as time expired. Mm. Ain't what that a – that Ain't was that a 03. beat for the Patriots? All oh, so that, Patriots.
0: Was, um, that was still Spurrier.
1: That was. Good old Steve Visor, Golf, Carolina, Spurrier.
0: Imagine telling somebody um, Steve Spurrier beat
1: Bill Belichick head-to-head in their only matchup in the NFL. I'm willing to bet you, that, and, and I mean, you know, because he's kind of like a funny guy, you know, oh, I'm a funny guy, uh, right? <clears throat> I'm willing to bet you he half the time probably shakes people's hands. Hey, I beat Bill Belichick in football. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I beat him one time. Uh, I was way wrong. I, I swore in my heart of hearts. You were going to say Aaron flip-flops, the yeah. off, with Kevin and Chili Rogers. Cool. Um, coincidentally, we fare pretty well against Rogers. And that's also why he should be the most feared because he's due. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good. Part, I just, I'm not. I also thought because that's your guy, and I, you know, that's my guy. I love, I love Aaron Row. I think he's ridiculously good. I think some of it's just circumstance. Some of it's just a little bit of like luck, and that's the way it is, mm-hmm. right? You know, the whole like, even though he has a championship, but the whole Marino or Barkley type of thing, where they're legends, but they just never won. You know, I think, I think there's a little bit of that going on. Except he does have a ring. Right. Hey. And I don't want to
0: end the episode talking about another team, so let's end it with this um, snap, snap question, quick reaction: Ryan Fitzpatrick, over or under four thousand yards? Over.
1: I'm gonna go with the over, two yard. No, has he over? <laughs> I mean, he that, gives huge chances, and we've got speed for we've days. Speed, bro. We're we are. We are the Fast Nine. We've got speed, bro. Pretty days.
0: Thanks for having us, y'all. Of course, Eric and Ellie, they're going to be back next week for another episode of Washington Football Team Classified. My name's
1: Mike. I'm Eddie. Thanks for having us, guys. We really appreciate it.